Hello, welcome back to another episode of Unlocking Business Potential, your business and advisory podcast backed by Betty O'Chabnaki. I'm your host, Kelsey, and join with me as always, my co-host, Melissa. Hello. Hey, Melissa. And today we're really excited to have an additional return guest. Mm. Am I the first? No. Oh, no, Lisa Potter does beat you as the first return guest of the podcast. And she did a great job, so no pressure. <laughs> so today we've got Ryan Stockman, advisory principal here at BDO Chadnucky. Do you want to give yourself a little bit of an intro, Ryan? Uh, yeah, so been at BDO for the best part of 14 years, and so one of the one of the new principals here, and um, yeah, just really enjoy working with my clients, dealing with, yeah, Good topic today about working with friends and family. So do a lot of work with succession planning, um, business planning, business coaching, that sort of fun stuff that um, hopefully we we get the clients to really enjoy and that they actually come out of the office laughing and having a good time is what we're trying to do. And I think that is what um, a lot of New Zealand small businesses are. There is a lot of family and friends and relationships and people just doing it because why not why not go into a business if you've got a good idea for one um, but there are some things that you need to take into consideration when you're working with friends and family so we're going to have a chat about some of those things today absolutely and so you would have heard in some of my previous episodes i've definitely been involved in family business buying in from my father-in-law and then running a business so i definitely have some understanding around the pitfalls but also the pros about having that avenue to starting up business and i know that you run as well you have a bit of experience with that too yeah so um my parents sort of ran um, businesses all throughout my childhood till you know till i was probably leaving high school is when both mum and dad chucked in the the business the self-employed life um but yeah definitely could see it from their point of view even as a kid and myself recently have worked on and off with my sister here at BDO for the best part of 10 to 12 years and yeah it was real convenient that she left when I became a partner so I don't know what's in that but no my sister and I have great used to have a great working relationship and I think that's the key thing is we don't want this to be a podcast where we just talk about all the horrible things about mm. going into business. We want to say that there's some really good benefits and highlight those, but then also just give you some techniques to deal with the potential pitfalls that you might fall into. Absolutely. Before we get stuck in, I just wanted to throw in our usual disclaimer that the information contained in this podcast is general in nature and is no substitute for tailored advice specific to your particular circumstances. If you do need advice, make sure to touch base with your usual advisor or get in touch with us at melancal at bdo.co.nz. So what about we start off talking about going into business with family because that's quite a common one here. Any thoughts, guys? Yeah, so I think with our client base, it's all pretty much, well, most of it's family owned and operated, um, especially in Taranaki, it's quite common that it's um, mum and dad and more often than not these days, the second or even third generation jumping in. So yeah, it's sort of real key that I find that making sure roles and responsibilities are really nailed down. So you're never getting into a scrap about anything. So you actually know that your dad or your brother or your sister or whoever is in charge of that area of the business. So then you're comfortable with using what of going with your strengths so definitely keying in those roles and responsibilities into what you're really good at and making sure that everyone knows who's doing what and I think it's also important to formalize a lot of the agreements that are, um, are going to be in place whether that's 
your shareholder agreements for a company or a partnership agreement, it's really easy when you're dealing with family to just say, now we won't worry about it, nothing's going to go wrong. Um, and a lot of the time that is the case, nothing will go wrong, but it is a really good idea from the outset to have that all in writing so that you have that to refer to of what everyone's intentions were when you went into business so that you can keep aligned to that as you continue operating. Absolutely. And it kind of gives you the benefit of going into business with people that you know and trust, but then formalising it much the same as like you would write with video here is mm. that every partner here has different responsibilities that they're responsible for and being family shouldn't outweigh that. Yeah. It shouldn't be like, well, I'm your dad, so no, we are not listening <laughs> to you on that area. Yeah. No, and I think if the family dynamic works and the business dynamic works, everyone understands who's good at what, so mm -hmm. then making sure everyone's doing the right things. And I found real successful with a lot of our clients is having an independent voice, being a business coach, business advisor, accountant, banker, whoever it is, and actually having someone maybe facilitating the meetings and making sure that you're getting off the business premises, getting off the farm, so then you're having all your business discussions in a in a good setting and so you're not getting around the christmas table and then all talking about shop because i can know the the rest of the families probably wants to just enjoy their time together so mm -hmm. and we've seen families loving this so then they're actually getting to their holidays getting to their family events and going it's just all about family because we've got a safe space to do all the business talk and i think we've talked about in previous podcasts about you know, really setting yourself up to have this is business time, this is personal family time and working with your wider family in the business, that's no different. That's not just if you're owning and operating your own business by yourself. It's have those really set times and um, really give yourself the discipline with all of the family unit that's involved with that business to do business during business time and free yourselves up to enjoy the rest of the time that you've got together because at the end of the day, just because you're in business, you are still family first. That's right. And it makes me reflect back on our entrepreneur series where you talk about children of business and what they see from mm -hmm. business. Yeah. And it's really good to be role modeling the really good aspects. You don't want a child saying, I'm never going into business because we never got any time to just chill and mm. enjoy ourselves. Yeah. Whereas a well-run business will have kids who are like, yeah, you know what, I want to buy and I want to help out. I want to be involved with this because I know that when I need time off i can just go and play sport or do whatever that they enjoy as well yeah and i think with the the family dynamic and myself being a child from um family businesses making i saw throughout the years mum and dad definitely made time that this is shop talk this is business talk but then there's time for the kids and i think mm. also probably the beauties of being self-employed and running your own business and it actually freed up mum or dad or both to be able to come to a lot of events for us as kids yeah. so they're able to make some time, work out with the staff, actually we're going to go out and see our kids because we've got that ability to do it. Mm -hmm. And and I never saw much of mum and dad sort of arguing about business things because I think they were just, yep, this is business time here. Once the shop closed, whatever it was, yeah, it's family time and they just left it there. And I think we're probably seeing a little bit more of that um, good discipline of of putting your well-being first a little bit more post-COVID. And mm -hmm. I guess now we're a couple of years past that um, it's probably a little bit of a danger time where some people might just get on the grind again and um, submerge themselves a little bit too fully <laughs> in their businesses. Very easy to work 24-7. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it is one of those key things to always, you know, bear in the front of your mind how much time are you putting into it? Are you 
giving enough time to the other areas of your life outside of your business and and making sure that all of the people in your business, including all of the family members, are also having that same balance because that's when things are going to start going wrong and people are going to start getting frustrated at each other if they feel like they're putting in more effort or they're not getting the return for the effort that they're putting in. That's right. And when a business is succeeding, it's very easy to overlook those family dynamics, Mm -hmm. but it's when times get tough that you really want to make sure that you have the trust within each other. No name blaming, nothing like that. It needs to be important that we're actually all feeling like we went into business. This is our reasoning for going into business. Mm -hmm. This is our rules when making decisions. And the family kind of stays out of it. And it's almost having a little bit of that dispute resolution process that you know what that process is. If somebody is unhappy or somebody feels like something is unfair, talk about what the process is for bringing that up from the get-go and that should be in your agreements as well. Again, it's, you know, you don't want to front foot in a way because you don't want to think negatively about things, but you want to come up with those policies when everyone's in a good space Mm -hmm. rather than trying to make something on the fly and somebody's angry or frustrated. Um, That's when things are just going to get nastier a little bit um, faster, which you want to avoid. Yeah, and I think the the process in the business meeting should be fun, like I said Mm. at the start. Um, Quite often, ones we sit in here at BDO, it is actually quite an enjoyable experience and everyone's actually having a really good time. And, of course, that when it's family, there's it can easily go off tangent. So having that independent party to just go, righto, let's get back onto onto task. Um, Yeah. And it doesn't need to be scary and really formalised. It can be pretty um, relaxed, um, especially the ones we're dealing with and especially people who are doing it for the first time. We're, we're pretty informal as much of it. We don't call it a board meeting because as soon as um, pe- some people see board meeting, they put up their, their guards and their barriers because they're yeah. like, oh, we're not a board. And it's like, well, actually, you are a really successful business. So you should have that. So we sort of just dip their toes in really and sort of um, guide them through and just so I think it just builds each time, like the yeah. meetings that I'm in, it just gets better and better each time and everyone starts to buy in. Yeah. But yeah, I think definitely it's got to be fun and everyone's got to be, yeah, have a good time on it. And like Melissa was saying about conflict, got to be able to say, I'm taking off my family hat. Here's my business hat. We've got some problems. Let's actually have a frank and honest discussion because of course that's going to help the business in the long run. Yeah, definitely not letting them simmer our way under the surface and, then build until New Year's they party. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely not at a party. Don't let the business conflicts explode at a party. Yeah, yeah. No, not when everyone's had a couple of too many wines. <laughs> old Dennis over there's tripped over the chair. No, you no. want to make sure that you're doing it in a formal setting. Now, Ryan, you mentioned earlier, and I wanted to deep dive into it a bit more, is about the second generation, third generation business mm-hmm. and how succession works. Because the problem quite often that happens with family business is that mum and dad have a successful business. They've got one child who wants to enter the business, and they've got three others that have no interest. Yeah. And how that works so that the mum and dad are giving that child the best opportunity to succeed without disadvantaging every one of their other kids because mm. they don't want to buy into the business. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that, that succession plan is really interesting. It's really, you know, again, I'll keep saying fun, but it is a fun process, but it's really hard and it's really got to be led from, I believe, what the, the parents want in the mm-hmm. beginning. So the first generation, the ones that brought in the business, they've got to be comfortable with what the succession plan looks like. 
Um, some real successful ones we've done here is we've met with the parents and then we've met with all the kids separately. Mm. So we're actually even talking to kids of our clients that not necessarily clients of BDO, but we're actually talking to them about their parents' business and what their goals are. And I've found that being has been truly incredible because you meet with the parents, they say, this is what I want, this is what I think my son wants and and how they want to lead it. And then it's really good to deep dive with everyone separately. Yeah. And then what we generally do is we then get everyone together mm-hmm. to then go, okay, is this fair for everyone? And recently we've actually had some really good ones where the parents have said something and then I met with three separate groups of families and they all said the same thing. And I said, well... Mum and Dad, you've done an amazing job because yeah. everyone's singing from the same song sheet. Not going to happen all the time, but that really helped that succession plan. Because in that one, there was two farm, there was two business or farming siblings, and also a third who wasn't. Mm-hmm. So the parents, in their mind, was making sure, yep, I'm helping out the two kids who are in business, but I'm also definitely need to help the other kid who's not in business. And it is really hard. And you, I can't today just say this is what you do because it will be really dependent on what the business is, what the size of it is, and what everyone's interests and passions are in. Um, yeah. And I think where it's really important to get everyone to talk to them all separately and then together is nobody has the pressure of having to or, or say in front of the parents what they think. Nobody has that pressure of I need to say what mum and dad, I think they want me to yeah, say. Yeah, definitely. So it's everyone's being as honest as possible and then bring it all together so that that the whole family is on the same page. And that's ultimately what any successful succession plan Mm -hmm. needs to be is the whole family being on the same page. That's right. And starting with the parents as well, because quite too often as you'll have the kids, and I don't want to use the term greedy, but you'll have kids who want the best start in their business careers. Mm -hmm. And they sometimes can jeopardize the parents' future few years. So Mm -hmm. parents need to have enough money to financially be viable for the rest of their life. Mm. So you don't want to strip everything out and give that all to the kids and then the parents are living a worse life because they've given everything too early as well. So making sure that their vision is important as well because there can be some children who do like need the help it's not necessarily that that's all out of greed but they do need more help at the time so it's nice to make sure that mum and dad's interests are considered as well. Yeah, And I think that earlier... For business owners, you think about your exit strategy is also important because you don't want to get to the point where you're, say, 12 months out from wanting to retire or do something different and then try and start having all of these conversations and then, you know, it it is a process of getting everyone on the same page and then getting everything in place so that earlier you can think of, well, what is going to be the exit strategy? Is it going to be to one of the kids? And therefore, then what does that look like? Is it going to be selling it to a third party, somebody completely unrelated, or is it just shutting the door of the business? Like, mm-hmm. if you know what that strategy is, you also know what you're working towards and yeah. and how that's all going to look for the parents as well. So that's a really important thing of getting getting on the front foot with your exit strategy, even though that can be quite a daunting thing or or a long time in the future yeah great point melissa because yeah once we've seen that it worked really well it's been years in advance mm. or even the business owners thinking about it. even if they haven't got kids ready to do anything they're actually thinking about yeah how am i going to exit what am i going to do and the earlier that it's talked about that monkey's off the back straight away and mm. we've just found it's been so much better when everyone's like right let's do it because as melissa said the worst thing that you could do is right i want to sell up in a year and yeah getting all the succession planning, talking with bankers, lawyers, whoever, to get everything set up. It takes time, and 
quite often we'll say, yep, that's a good scenario that the, the clients have suggested. Then we'll run the numbers, we'll deep dive into it, um, get everyone to get independent advice, and then then that scenario might not work. But then we go into option B or option C or option Z. Who knows? Because, um, yeah, it's really got to work for the business and mm. for each of the individual family members as well. And I guess the earlier you think about the exit strategy, especially if, if the strategy is to pass the business on to the, the younger generation is there are ways that you can bring that family into the business earlier rather than it all just being one big takeover then that's a really good way for for the kids to gain some experience and learn from mum and dad's knowledge if they haven't been intimately involved in the business up to that point but it also helps the kids build um, the equity and actually afford to be able to buy mum and dad out of the business without stripping mum and dad of all the value that they've built up in the business and and mum and dad then struggling through their retirement so it really can be a good way the earlier you get um that all set up a way to balance everyone's needs and everyone's finances as well and i know with my um appointment here at video as a principal it's kind of i think it's funny but i always straight away when i got appointed i was like sweet now i'm already thinking how am i going to leave this place so Mm. for me it's yeah, how am I going to leave? I want to leave this place in a better place than when I when I was a partner and just thinking about what am I going to do now with still years to go in my career and just thinking about that already. And I know not everyone's going to do that straight away, but to me it was just like, I'm like, yep, this is awesome. This is what I always wanted to do, but also how am I going to make this the best process I can once I decide to, to retire in many years' time? I like how you say many years instead of the five years you normally say, which is a really good change. Yeah. Um, probably another thing we haven't quite considered is also with that generational transfer of businesses is also how that works with in-laws and that sort of like, so I've had that personally. I have had a recent issue with a client where it is a real debate about how that works when you're selling your business to your son, but son has a wife. Yeah. and how that all works and so it's really good like you say all of these situations can be prevented by early talking about it mm. and making up plans because you don't want to be leaving anyone as an outsider they might not be your mm. blood but yeah. if they're married into your family they are part of the family so making sure that we're considering everyone in those decisions too yeah and, and oh sorry melissa those those succession plans have been so much more powerful when everyone's involved so like I said, when I met with um, the kids, I, it was actually with their, their spouses and quite often a kid in the in the corner as well. So it's <laughs> it's the whole family looking into it. I definitely would recommend that you get everyone involved. And especially when there's spouses and, as Kelsey was saying, not blood necessarily, is making sure, in, I would always say, independent advice is key. So you don't just go, oh, yep, I'll choose the same lawyer as, as mum and dad. It's actually get another pair of eyes mm-hmm. over everything that you look at so then you're comfortable from your perspective as well as mum and dad getting a separate view as well. Mm-hmm. So should we have a little bit of a think about how going into business with friends is? Because similar but can be quite different when we're talking mm-hmm. about friends. The key thing I think about is just that with family you tend to have more of like a whole family goal mm-hmm. whereas with friends it, in your 20s to where you started a business who's to know what each of your goals going to be in your 40s mm-hmm. and when you don't live under the same roof or have the same family values it's quite likely that you might diverge at some stage and making sure that we are planning early for if there is going to be an exit or what happens if that kind of happens with your business too yeah 
yeah, in the in the friends case, it is always yeah, it's always interesting because at the start of it, you don't want sort of two entrepreneurs being stopped just because oh, we now need to cut some red tape and make sure we've got everything aligned. It's but I think it's really important because things can happen in business, things can get heated, and obviously. I think most of the time it's good times, but you've just got to even look at that, what could happen. So mm-hmm. like we talked before, it's real key partnership agreements, shareholder agreements, things like that, and making it really clear, like Kelsey said about your goals. So making sure that you're talking to your friend and going, this is what I want out of the business, and then they might say, I want this, and actually making sure everything is really black and white between you. Again, I'll talk independent advice as well, mm-hmm. uh, making sure everyone's comfortable from a from each side but yeah just really making sure okay what's our exit plan what happens if one person wants to get out because the more friends you're involved so you get a, a handful of your mates and there's five of you what happens if one wants to get out or three want to get out or you want to expand but the others aren't ready so it's really in that planning phase in that early early stage making sure that's covered and trying not to dwell all on it that you're going oh this is too hard but because i think if you've got a good idea you've got a good business then it is definitely worth it especially if it's long-term friends as well so um yeah it it is an interesting one i quite often see it in houses where friends will buy a house together Mm -hmm. how often everyone's probably seen that and then most of the time i think it's worked well because i've talked at this time and going right if one's out we're both out or if one's out the other party gets to buy it first and you might have that in a business as well but you don't want to get to the point where because the house is just easy going oh yeah i want to sell but then melissa's like no i don't want to sell and I do, i'm not ready to buy you out so making sure even in business is just making sure you're really clear about that so yeah sort of planning for any <laughs> anything that could happen and i think with family you kind of expect that it's like as Cassie said everyone's almost on the same page friends you can kind of think you are, but it's really, it, it is a little bit more delicate mm-hmm. in terms of the relationship, or it can just be, sometimes friendships can be a little bit more face value, unfortunately, where you think you're talking on the same page and so when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, um, actually you were talking about two different things from the get-go and there was really no agreement. Um, so it is having those conversations and being completely honest and maybe maybe being a little bit uncomfortable initially just to actually get on that same page and actually unearth all of those things that both of you are thinking or all of you are thinking before you jump ahead because I think it's easy to think let's go into business um on a Saturday night (laughs) over a few beers when somebody's got a great idea um but it, it's taking that step back the over the next few days and actually going well actually what does that look like and how do we do this that's, and it, yeah it. it's just like i always think about travel where people say you don't really know someone until you've traveled with them mm-hmm. and i'd say that'd be the same in business so you might be friends with someone and know them for years but how, do you really know this person on a that you're going to be working day to day um 24 7 365 on this amazing idea like just making sure you're ready for that so even when you're looking at structuring and things at the start maybe keeping it simple in case it doesn't last like and i know it sounds a bit negative but if it does last then you can sort of expand and build on it but um yeah keep it simple at the start i reckon it kind of loops back to what you initially talked about with family is the roles and responsibilities Mm -hmm. so i've got clients who have gone in 
friends and you've got one who's the financier and one who's the ideas person. Yeah. And so long as those roles are really well defined and that the person who's provided money is getting repayment on the terms that they've all agreed on or the person who's providing ideas is maybe putting more time or effort into the business, so long as you actually have a really good foundation of what's everyone's responsibilities and what are the actions that we will take if people don't make their responsibilities as well, mm. then I think that's the real key to getting it all started and making sure that you're mm. building something for the long term rather than just short term as well. Yeah, and in, in business, it's it's great when you're working with various sort of people. Like here at BDO, there's seven partners, seven people, different strengths, different ideas, just it's so much better than just being on, on your, mm. by yourself. And that's the same with working with family and friends is you're getting everyone in together with all their ideas and I think it's more powerful like that. And I think the key thing to remember is just don't stew on anything when you're working with somebody else because that's when things have the tendency to blow up both with family and friends and that's when other people get pulled in and it can get really nasty. So... You know, if there are things that you're not comfortable with or things that pop up that you may not have thought about when you went into business, have the conversation early and come up with a resolution between the fa your family and your friends that are involved in the business so that it actually comes to a, a good resolution and everyone feels like they've been part of that conversation rather than pulling in the entire extended family on Christmas Day and it just becoming one of those family stories. When you're handing out Santa presents. Oh, yeah. Yeah, avoid that. To that grumpy old lady in the corner. Yeah. You don't want it to become one of those remember when Christmas stories. Um, so, yeah, definitely get on the front foot if there are any little niggles because a lot of the time they, they are just as easy to talk out and come up with a resolution that works for everybody um, rather than letting them build to something bigger than that. So much like our idea of what family meetings should be like, I feel like this has been a pretty fun episode. We've definitely mm. had some laughs and a bit of jokes in here. So thanks, Ryan, for coming on and taking some of your time to chat over these awesome ideas and great things about being in business with family and friends but also giving us some highlights on some pitfalls and ways that you can avoid them so thanks heaps for that cool thanks for having me i look forward to hearing when i'm coming in for number three. <laughs> oh, well, what sort of topic should we have <laughs> it's really difficult yeah. <laughs> no awesome cheers guys that's good thanks for listening to this episode of unlocking business potential if you enjoyed what you heard Make sure to head along to your favorite podcast app and like, rate and subscribe so that you can receive notifications on when the next episodes are released. And if you do have any questions for either myself or Melissa or are in need of tailored advice, please do not hesitate to contact us at melinkel at bdo.co.nz. And we look forward to joining you next time on Unlocking Business Potential, your business and advisory podcast backed by BDO Taranaki.